together. Turn with me in your Bibles, the book of Luke, chapter 19. And this morning we find ourselves verse 45 to 48. Luke 19, 45 to 48. Let's bow our heads and we pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning and we say thank you. We say thank you so much for Jesus Christ, your Son, who came to seek and to save our lost souls. It is Him who is the Good Shepherd, who lays down His life willingly, just at the perfect time you sent Him. And He is and He was very much aware as to what awaited Him. And even as we look in Your Word this morning, our heart's desire is that we will be a people that he came, us, he came to make us to be, uh, that you would fashion us to be men and women who are worshiping you, Heavenly Father. So we ask now that as we look into your word, you would speak to us, for the entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. Your word is able to uh, make an impact in our lives, for you have said that it shall not return to you void, but let it accomplish that which you send it for. Above all else, we desire to see your church honoring you, that we will once again make much of Christ, less of ourselves. It is in his name we ask, and may God's people say amen. amen. Luke 19 from verse 45, hear the word of the Lord. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sowed, saying to them, It is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything he could they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. Jesus Christ, on his way to Calvary, finds himself in the city of Jerusalem. Having wept over the city, now we can see as to what were some of the reasons why the Messiah would weep in a manner that he wept in the previous verses. As, as we come to this verse, therefore, we, we see and we, we, we find Jesus Christ in the temple. We find him not uh, at a place where you had seen him before. As you, as, you, as you come to the book of Luke, actually, you can see right at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ in chapter 4, he found himself in, in, presumably in this very same temple as well. Went in front... And he took the scroll read from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has anointed me and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. We saw him, that was the initial stage, when he came to this particular temple, a place of worship. 
a place where men and women were meant to come and express their reality of God and to value the greatness of God. A place where they were expected to seek and to make the other people who do not know God, to see the worth and the beauty and the amazement of the grace of God upon his people Israel. A place that was meant to be a place for salvation for sinners. A place that was meant to be a house of prayer for many nations. But that is not the case. We find in verse 45, and there, there are four things I want us to, to observe here. The first thing that we see here, Christ comes and the place is not as it is supposed to be. The house of God has turned into, as Jesus Christ would describe it in verse 46, a den of robbers. No longer a den of worshippers, no longer a, a house of salvation, no longer a den of priests and worship people. It is a den of robbers. Jesus comes. The first thing that Luke tells us, he begins to drive out those who sowed. He is completely, completely alarmed at how they are abusing the household of God. And he comes, firstly, he's driving them out. He's driving the traders. Verse 45 to 46 shows us that. He's driving them out. He's not coming here to give sweets. He's not coming here to give another sermon. He has done that already. He's not coming here to, uh, to, to speak and tell them of their, of their good life now. He's not coming here to, to, to tell them, actually, to even to, to speak to them concerning salvation. No, he takes action. It is time to act. He is filled with indignation. John will tell us, and John will record the similar issue as in chapter, in chapter 5 of the book of John, you see that Jesus Christ was filled with holy anger. And he comes to these people and he drives those who sowed. Now the question is, you may be asking to say, how did this happen? How, how, how did, did this place where Christ the Messiah came in the first place and he, he was able to preach uh, the, the first sermon as he, he studied his ministry, how did it come to this? It is known that at this particular time in Israel, people would come. You would know this, that this Jesus Christ finds himself in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament setting, people would come to the temple and they would offer sacrifices and offerings. As such, before you would offer your sacrifice and your offering, it was expected of you as a worshiper of God to come before the priests. And the priest, what the priest would do, they would examine Whatever sacrifice you are bringing, whether it be a sheep, a goat, a turtle dove, and some, and you would know this, many would travel from far lands to come to some of these ceremonies. And at this particular time, you know what is coming ahead of the Jewish people? Passover. 
And you can see in Exodus chapter 24, when Passover comes, the Jews would come in large numbers. You see it as well, as, 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 as they've just welcomed him. We've seen it in previous verses. They've come as Jesus Christ is coming. They are singing, Osana, Osana, to the Son. Osana, Osana, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they come in their large numbers. As such, some of them, instead of maybe walking all the way from their far lands and come to the temple and only to be taught to say, no, the sacrifice or the animal you've brought is not acceptable. So to avoid those stresses, here's how it started. The priests started a merchandise. They started an internal business to facilitate, to help worshippers who are coming from far away. So let's have animals be sold somewhere closer to the temple. A good idea, right? It's, it's for the worship, by the way. It's, it's, it's not, we're not, we not, we not doing something here that's not in accordance with the scripture. It's a nice intention. It's a good intention. But as such, it became a merchandise to the point that with the way the temple was divided, the place that was supposed to be for Gentiles, that was the place that these people now, no longer were they just sailing, no longer were they were just trading uh, in the temple grounds. They would be trading in the place that was meant for Gentiles. All that place now turned into a marketplace. By implication, the Gentiles are no longer allowed to come into this place of worship because their portion, their place where they were supposed to meet and worship has been taken up by these traders. And they are trading and they, they, they've, they've made it in such a way that the, 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 the chief priest, the scribes, the principal men, as you hear in verse number 47, these would be the shareholders of these businesses that are happening in this church. They are selling to the people who are coming to worship. And they have turned the house of the Lord, and as the Lord would put it, they, they, they put in even, even because now you, you are buying from an animal that is certified by the priests. If, if it was today, it will have a, a stamp on it, certified by the priests. So you, you, you don't need to bring your sacrifice. The only sacrifice acceptable by the priest is a sacrifice that is bought in the market that is authorized and acceptable to the priests. And it was a norm to God's people. I want you to see the witness of this issue now. Among us, the many other sins that the people of Jerusalem would be struggling with at this particular time, the reason why the Messiah, Luke is showing us here, why is the Messiah weeping over the city? Because we introduced the Messiah in the previous verses. The Messiah weeps over the city. You may wonder to say, why is he weeping over the city? Is it because of the lost prostitutes and those men maybe who are tax collectors? You may assume that maybe that is the reason why the Messiah is weeping and is crying. No, the Messiah goes to the epicenter of the nation of Israel. He goes to the epicenter, the place of Worship and he finds things are not as they were supposed to be. 
the house of God has turned into a den of robbers. As such, firstly, what do we see? He drives them out. He is cleansing his temple. He is making sure those who are trying to steal from his people are driven out of the temple. And brothers and sisters, you may be looking at this and you are saying, but that is in Jerusalem. That is in Israel. No, we still have these traders in the church of God today. We have robbers in the house of God selling bumper stickers, selling ambans, selling holy water, selling holy oil. COVID-19, you see it. I don't know whether you've seen it already. Some will be selling masks. This one protects you, Psalm 91, right? Mm. In the name of God. So we, we care for our members. Uh, we even have a Bible with a Bible cover. This one is, 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 is going to protect you from COVID. Uh, COVID confessions. You're going to see it just now. Just wait. And we take it as a norm. It, it, it's norm. It, it, it does not affect us. It, it, it's, it's business as usual. But I want you to see the Lord Jesus Christ moves with indignation and holy anger. And as he looks at this, he's, 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 he's very much alarmed at how they are abusing the temple. So firstly, what does he do? He drives them out. Secondly, what do we see then? Upon cleansing the temple, secondly, what does he do? He is daily teaching. Verse 47 tells us, isn't it? And he was teaching daily in the temple. He drives the traders out, but after driving those traders out, he, he has not instituted a party like Jesus' party. No, he, he is teaching now. Now there has to be, let's, let's go back to the basics and he is teaching them. That's what we see there daily. We are not told as to how long he was doing that, but Luke records here to say he is daily teaching in the temple. Why? Because the chief priest and the scribes, the principal men of the people, they have lost their mandates. This was something that they were supposed to be doing. They were busy with finances instead of being busy with teaching God's people. They were busy with tables instead of being busy with the word of God and prayer. They forsook the principal things that builds the people of God, which is the word of God. So then Christ comes and he restores the teaching of the word. Now, you, you may be maybe from a church that is trading right now. You may be maybe from a ministry that is so much into how much we can make. You may be um, in, in a place maybe uh, that, that, that the pastor, the only thing that he's thinking about is the bank account. 
And for some reason, because of your studies with Mokanyo, you've come to a place whereby you've understood what worship is. There is a sense of fear of God in you. There is, there is this worship that really comes from, uh, you, you feel the sense of the greatness of God. You seek to humbly to express and to inspire the same intensity for God without the destruction of errors or artificialities, or other formalities, and other man's interests. And you've come to the place where you understand the word of God, and you've been entrusted with God's word. And you may wonder to say, how do we correct this wrong thinking that is in this particular church? You do this, verse 47. Daily teach the word of God. Why? Because God builds his church with his word. God's people are built by God's word. God's work must be sustained by God's word. And that's what Jesus Christ is doing here. He drives them out and he's daily teaching and as a result, then, we see thirdly that they sought to destroy him. Destruction is pending. Persecution is what is coming. Verse 47c tells us that they sought to destroy him. Drives them out, his daily teaching. Destruction is what he is about to face. They are seeking to destroy him. But the Lord is not moved. The manner in which Luke records this verse 47, that Jesus Christ is daily teaching, shows the amount or the intensity of the devotion and the focus in, in which Jesus Christ did and carried out this task. He was not distracted. He was not taken up by their opposition. Neither was he taken up that business was not going on. Christ mandate and his mission, as he stated in chapter 19, verse 10, he has come to seek and to save the lost. That's what he has come to do. And as such, he's coming here to teach them as to what is it that is expected of them as God's people. And he's bringing them to a place where they can fear God in a genuine way. Where they can have a high view of God and a lesser view of self. Where the traditions of men, even of the Pharisees, are put aside. As such, verse 48 is the right verse to finish with. What do we see from the people? The people then devote themselves to his teaching. They did not find anything they could do. These scribes and the Pharisees. Why? For all the people. I love that. All the people. Look at this word. All the people were hanging. They were hanging to his words. I love that. They were hanging to his words. These are the people who are devoted to his teachings. Verse 48 is showing us that. He drives the traders out of the temple. He is daily teaching in the temple. They want to destroy him. But yet, there is a remnant of God's people who are hanging. Not to the teachings of the Pharisees and the, tri the, 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 the scribes of the day. No. They are hanging. I want you to, to imagine there is spider. Okay? You throw a spider from whatever platform that a spider might be, but a spider hangs by that thread, right? Imagine. 
They are hanging in there. They are hanging on his word. In other words, everything else seems like it's falling apart. But these men and women, they are hanging on to his words. Beautiful. You remember Martha and Mary? When Jesus will find himself in the house of, 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 of Mary and Martha, Jesus Christ goes in there, Bethany. He, loves, he loved to go there in the house of Lazarus. You remember the, the, the story? Martha goes about to do the work, prepare lunch and a meal for Jesus Christ. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. That's what, that's, that's what the Bible says to us. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And remember these words. Martha complains and he grumbles and listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus Christ says to Martha, 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 you are worried over so many things. But one thing is needful and one thing is right. And Mary has chosen the right thing. And it will not be taken away from her. They are hanging to these words because these men and women, they have come to realize, according to Isaiah 40, verse 8, that all men are like grass. Their glories are like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but God's word lives on forever. So they are hanging to his words. Why? Because they know that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand. They are hanging to his word. Why? Because his word is the bread of life. Listen to the words of Peter. Where else shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. These are the words. They hang on to these sanctifying words. For he says in John 17, doesn't he? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. They are hanging on to the saving word. This is how they receive this word as to James. James will say, receive this implanted word with meekness and gladness. For this is the word which is able to save your souls. So they hang in there. He drives the traders out. He's daily teaching the enemies of the gospel sought to destroy him, but his sheep devotes themselves to his teachings. As such, if we were to describe his house then, let's go back to verse 46. My house shall be a house of prayer. In Isaiah, that statement is finished. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. That's his desire. That we all come and we worship him in spirit and in truth. But how does he achieve that? He's teaching daily. He's driving our traders. But you and I, our response then must be that we hang on to every word that God gives to us. Even when everything Seems like it's falling. The people that the Lord has entrusted you to serve in this hour. We are not in this formula. If you're in ministry for money, the Lord looks at you with disdain. 
For Paul would warn us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, there are those who imagine that godliness is means of financial gain. 1 Timothy 6, 9, 10, 11, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, we take nothing out of it. But if we have food, if we have clothing, if we have shelter, let's be content with these things. For some who desire to, to go after these things, they have ended up to, 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 to shipwreck their faith. But listen to the words of Paul, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I finish. But as for you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, faith, love from a pure heart. And the God of peace who raised our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who shall supply all our needs according to his glory. And it is him we must worship in spirit and in truth. If we don't, he is, he is a respecter of no persons. So let's come before him and honor him for who he is. And let's pray together. Our God and our Father, we humbly come before you. We come knowing that you have called us. We come knowing that you have done a work in us that we could not do in ourselves. As we look at to your focus as to how you care for your people, I'm also reminded of how you are so mindful because we no longer think of the temple now for we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yet our lives, we tend to deviate to seek after things instead of seeking after you. We look for our own selfish gains above your glory. And Lord, we confess. We confess as a church, we have paid out the gospel for our selfish agendas. And we ask that you sanctify us we confess for our sin of familiarity. We don't fear you enough. We don't seek your face enough. We do not devote ourselves to your word as we should. We many times have the form of godliness, yet we deny the power of the elf. Yet our desire now is that you will lead and guide us by your Holy Spirit. Help us, therefore, not just to be mere hearers of your word. Help us to be doers that you will indeed drive out in us anything that is in opposition to you. You will, O oh God, teach us to sit at your feet and to treasure your word, that we will hang to every word you give to us. For in times of trials, we desire to be those who stand in you. So we thank you for Mukanyo. Thank you for every man, woman you have sent to uh, be equipped for the work of ministry in this institution. Thank you for every man, woman who is serving in the staff of this institution. We pray that you preserve our testimony, that we will love you and we will serve you for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask. May God's people say amen. Thank you very much.
Any announcement? Yourself. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you for that blessing. No, bless you, man.